you. You need to go to middle school and see what that's all about. I've got to get out of this marriage the right way first, and you need to experience being a teenager. Girlfriend's your own age. You need to go play. Listen to me. Recess is over. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blow. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode. The podcast in which three white men in their 30s discuss important issues. Finally. (laughs) I know. It's what the world has needed. We've been held back for so long. (laughs) Not only do we discuss important issues, but they are outdated issues. So here we are to talk about Pizzagate. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) I don't even know. Oh, that's right. I forgot about it and then I remembered. That was a terrible tragedy. Yeah, the, well, yes, exactly. That's that's our point of view, is that it was a terrible tragedy that happened uh, to all those kids at the pizza place. I would actually say too soon about Pizzagate. <laughs> <laughs> Give it another 10 years. Um, so usually we talk about very special episodes of shows or something, but um, I like to occasionally pick a topic and kind of pull it apart, which seems to usually still be nostalgia-based, which is our angle. I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander-Tanner. With me as my very common co-host in Minnesota, Austin Gorton. And we have a very special guest this week who I was able to coerce mm-hmm. over time. Slowly I groomed him to participate <laughs> in this podcast. I don't care for this joke. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always well, say that. You, you formed an emotional connection to start with and then were able yeah, to or, use that to or get maybe- what you needed. I manipulated you. It's it's who's to say? Right. I think it's real personally. That I really anyway. Who are you? I'm Alex Falcone. So you, tell us about yourself, Alex Falcone, for our for our maybe one listener who's not familiar with you. So this is one of those uh, introductions where I do my own introduction work. That's how this is going. You know, <laughs> I, whenever we've had guests and like I've asked people on and then whoever's hosting that week will introduce them and say stuff and I always feel like just let them speak for themselves. So I can introduce you if you want. You could feel wrong but about but about that cuz that's not how we feel. I've done a lot of shows, normally someone takes the time to introduce you. We'll you see. just left an empty space in your podcast for me to tell my story. Well, it's all an empty space. <laughs> I would say, well, my introduction so far is Alex is our sassiest guest. I'm, uh, all right, I'll, I'll do this. Let's, let's, let's do it for real. Okay. okay. I am one of Portland's t- top 20, but not top 10 funniest comedians. All right. <laughs> Actually, that, that's old. That's an old joke. Probably top 12, not top five. By we'll who's, by who, who's saying Objective. That? Objectively? Objectively. Um, and then I'm also an author of a young adult romance about a uh, a young woman who falls in love with a sexy uh, mummy. And the cover art was drawn by Empty Space here for you to introduce yourself, Ryan. You're not going to introduce me? (laughs) (laughs) So you may say that since I drew Alex's cover art and he didn't have a lot of money... He felt obligated to be a guest on our podcast. That is a way to say that. That's just a way to uh, f- form that narrative. But but, but we won't yeah. dwell on it. 
Yeah, you you drew the hand of a young girl and the hand of a, a decomposing corpse, uh, romantically linked on the cover of my my novel Unwrap My Heart, available at unwrapmyheart.com. Ooh, it's and really, really fine good. books are sold. I listened to your whole podcast about it just to hear if I would ever be mentioned. And uh, spoiler alert, I was not. <laughs> you were not mentioned. You were mentioned no. at the live reading, which we also put in the podcast. Oh, feed. Well, I didn't listen to that one. Well, you also well, didn't come. Too bad. I was out of town. I was <laughs> in another continent. <laughs> you did great. So the the so the best part of the whole experience was that in order to get um, the angles of the hands. You made me go to a sandwich shop yep. during lunch rush hour and yep. hold hands with you while you took photos of it from yep. a bunch of different angles. <laughs> and oh, my man. favorite part about it, I don't know if I told you this, but Facebook has a new feature that'll be like your day in a photo montage. Sure. <laughs> and it was like, do you want to post this? And it was like Friday. And it was just like these like uh, like star wipes of me and Alex holding hands for six pictures At a, in a sandwich shop in a sandwich shop yeah it's also a bento place <laughs> yeah right one of those classic sandwich bentos yeah <laughs> I know I just moved away from that place I'm sad well uh, the book is still available for those of you who want to get your taste of that sandwich bento emotionally we, we do plugs at the end well, you, okay, so there's this. You can either introduce me or have rules about how the introduction goes, but you can't. It, it can't be neither. Wait, or can't it, you can't do it the way you just did it? He's he's tough I, but fair, Ryan. I maintain sassiest guest. <laughs> so let's get this ball rolling. This week we'll be talking. Wait, really about... quick. Sorry, before you start. Yeah, uh, I worked with a, a comic back in the day who was uh, not a great human being, but he was like, you have to do a lot of radio when you're a comic. You have to like go into a lot of weird morning shows uh-huh. where you're like, Alex is at the comedy barn tonight at seven. Alex, yeah. tell us about your wife. Um, and then they want you to do jokes. And he was in this comic though. He's like, the key is when you walk into a place, the first thing you do, pick the weak host, and then just make fun of them the whole show. Uh-oh. Not a good human being, but uh, that was his advice to me. So I sometimes maybe that's where the sassiness comes from. I'm surprised. I'm the weak host. <laughs> Austin, between the two of it, well, usually David is the weak host, but he's not here this week. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one. It's it's, it's easiest to uh, to steer the the uh discussion away from and just you know i wouldn't even actually say he's the weak host i would just say he's the most tolerant of us yeah exactly oh yeah he is the least willing to strong arm us to stay on topic and he's the most tolerant of bullshit and to being prodded and abused well i i picked you because i know you and it feels real weird to start by lashing out at the stranger but that's um, fair it's the best uh, armor i have (laughs) <laughs> he's far away <laughs> yeah all right now all right. cut the sorry, shit yeah. this week we're talking about mary Kay letourneau i'm and... trying to put off talking about mary Kay letourneau as long as possible oh <laughs> uh, well we're only going to talk about her for a long time so wow. um but we'll probably talk about uh, video games for half of this or something so don't worry about uh, it but so i think i know i was kind of like why the hell did i even pick this well this is interesting <laughs> too because the last one we did was Corey Feldman, which was prompted by his Today Show performance. Right, of but course. But part of what made me okay with that is that he invited the scrutiny. And one thing I want to talk about about this is, like, technically this is pop culture, but nobody involved in this situation chose to become famous over it. Ooh, And that makes me feel a little bit shittier about picking Mark. But really, the reason I, I think I just remembered the TV movie, because it... It was on. It was one of those TV movies that when they premiered it, they would just play it on a loop for like days. 
Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was the USA Network where it was like if you looked at the TV Guide or whatever, it was just like in a 24-hour time frame, they just played it 12 times because it was two hours long, you know? To be fair to the USA Network, though, if you had spent two to $300 making a movie, <laughs> you'd want to get as much out of it as you can. I mean, I used to rely on USA to watch the Friday the 13th movies over and over again. Yeah, the, the, as the director intended. Yes. The basic cable cut of, of that movie. Exactly, yeah, with none of the things you want to see. But um, I remember watching this. Oh, I remember I was in high school when this happened. Yeah. So, well, that's okay. So that's what I like to do, too, is to talk about our own kind of personal context for this. So, like, Alex, do you remember this? Did you follow this when it was happening? Or what's your relationship with this narrative? I do not remember when it happened, although, fun fact, I am the same age as Villy. Oh. Uh, so I was in sixth grade when he was in sixth grade. So I, uh, but I don't remember hearing about the time. I guess it must have been the eight years later when she got out of prison. I heard something. I anyway, I vaguely remember this. I I have a, a memory of her being pregnant in prison at some point. Yeah, that was the because there's a lot of stories like this. Um, uh, not well, not as many with the genders in this angle. In this direction, but uh, the, I feel like there's a bunch of these, but this is the one where she was pregnant in prison and insisted they were still in love. That's what well, I remember about this it. This is unique in a lot of ways, yeah. I think. I mean, like students fuck teachers, that happens, but there's a, <laughs> there's some elements to this. And I mean, one thing too is that it's sort of a gender switch of what we'd expect, and that changes the situational. That's one thing I want to talk about quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, that's certainly. that's the most in. Yeah, I have things to say about that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. We'll kind of go through the chronology, and then we'll get into the minutia. So, but so you're saying you, I mean, did you ever really think about this at all before I asked you to talk about it for a long time? I was trying to remember what context has come up before, and I cannot, I do not. So I've not had a lot of thoughts about it. Uh, well, were I, you called the Mary Kay Letourneau of the Portland comedy scene at one time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have been asked to stay at home more often. Um, uh I can't make this work. But here's what I will say: uh, when I, when my, one, one fun thing about my career is that I don't work, and so when my wife is at work, I like to text her what I'm doing. So today I was like, "Look, you think you're having a bad day? I just had to sit through this Mary Kay Letourneau movie and she, for a podcast." And she was like, "What's the podcast about?" And I couldn't remember, so I thought maybe the podcast was just about crimes against children and this was the one you'd gotten around to i was trying to remember what the theme of your show was that would make you want me to watch this movie what's funny that we always joke about because it's just special episodes of things yes but i've talked about this before that it seems to most special episodes i'd say 25 percent of tv special episodes are about molesting boys <laughs> and i don't know why because i was like even not even making an intentional choice i had to i was either going to do this or the episode an episode of mr belvedere and I realized they were both about sex with underage boys, oh. which would make them either way. It's like our fourth one of like 15 <laughs> episodes we've done or something. Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, what else is special? It's I don't know. Christmas. Much else. <laughs> <laughs> a very special episode. Alf learns about Christmas. Or like not getting locked in a refrigerator. That came up. Yeah. No one got molested. No one got molested. We learned about the important dangers of uh, refrigerators, that they'll devour you, devour children whole as soon as they can. So, Austin, what about you? What's your relationship with this narrative? Um, I, I'm i a little bit older than Villy. Uh-huh. And I don't 
remember hearing about this while it was happening. But I, it's a weird thing where I feel like I've just always known of Mary Kay Letourneau as, oh yeah, that lady, that like the teacher that slept with a kid who was super younger than she was. Like, I don't remember when I learned that. I just know that I've always known that she is like the stand-in for the gender-swapped teacher that has sex with a student. And then I know that I watched the movie, the life, the, I don't think it was Lifetime, it was USA. It was USA, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. And that aired in like 2000. So, I mean, I was, I was Something out of like high that. school at that point. Um, and so I saw the movie, probably because Penelope Ann Miller was in it, and I kind of had a thing for her once upon a time, but, uh. All right. Is she who played Mary Kay? Yeah. Yeah, she's okay. like the. I looked it up on IMDb. She is almost literally the only recognizable actor in that in that made for. Who TV. is she? Um, she she. <laughs> Are was you saying the, you didn't recognize her? No, I, I, I yeah, thought I that was, I thought that was really Mary Kay Letourneau. I don't she know. was the mom slash love interest in the Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy vehicle Kindergarten Cop. Oh, God, what a great movie. Let's talk about Kindergarten Cop. Hell to the... Yeah, I love Kindergarten Cop. That's one of my favorite terrible movies. Boys uh, have a penis. Girls have a vagina. It's trying to put the I... lasers on the antenna. That stupid kid goes through the lasers. <laughs> but that takes place in Oregon. That was it one does, thing when yeah. I, I grew up and watched it. I was like, oh, I feel another closeness to this movie. And she was uh, she was the love interest in the that crappy Alec Baldwin shadow movie from the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was younger, she kind of was like her in vogue period where she was showing up in a lot of things, and I was like, she's a very attractive lady. And so then when this came around, I was old enough to be like, I'm going to go check that out. So wait, like the scenes like of her fucking a 12-year-old boy, was that totally erotic for you because you were no, the exact age as a kid? Because I was old enough by then to be like, this is not appropriate. I feel icky about this. Alex, I can I can sense your exasperation already. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the maybe the the moral voice of this show today, but um, yeah, I have not seen Kindergarten Cop, and I also don't think kindergartners should be cops. So I'm just against everything <laughs> we're talking about. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger's the co- he teaches kindergarten. <laughs> oh, you got to see that movie, why? Alex. You're way behind. Why would why would is he not making enough money as a cop? No, it's a sting. Dude, you got to see that movie. Next week, Kindergarten Cop. We're doing it. You're our guest. <laughs> so is the kindergartner, the, is the sting on the kindergartner? No. It's technically a... on the kindergartner's mom. Yeah. Uh... So, like, he, he's after this, like, greasy drug guy who is trying to get after his ex-wife who ran off with a bunch of his money. And they believe that she and her child are living in this, like, divorce capital of the world city in Oregon in Oregon and so the the idea is he's going to team up with this other cop who used to be a teacher and she's going to go undercover to try to figure out which kid is the kid of the woman who ran off with this greasy drug dealer's money but then she gets sick so Arnold Schwarzenegger comedically has to fill in as the kindergarten teacher because he's like a standard Arnold Schwarzenegger character he's like a super tough cop at the beginning and then he has to like Man, that Arnold Schwarzenegger is always getting into situations that he's not physically appropriate for. I know. Well, that was like the transition into it. That was, I think, his first like comedy, really, where they tried mm-hmm. it out, where he was sort of um, playing the standard Arnold character. Anyway, what the fuck? So, yeah, see, come Mary on, David, rein this in. <laughs> so I want to say, too, so I've always been sort of morbidly obsessed with this, and then 
I went down a YouTube rabbit hole recently and watched the 2020 special that we're all going to talk about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was so fucking fascinating. Like the ultimate outcome of this. Situation. I mean, it does change it. And I had not, I, I had not been aware of that update, and so that was that was all news to me that they are yeah. still together. That was a surprise twist ending. Oh, I knew that they were still together, but I didn't know what See, it I was didn't know like. That. Well, and I think it validates it so much. But then, and I'm really glad to be doing this discussion with two dudes who've been married for a while because I think <laughs> that it's going to have a lot of weight to this discussion. So um, All-American Girl is the TV movie. We're going to kind of just breeze through it real quick. It's hard because I kind of want to use this as the bullet points of what happened, but I also am aware that like a TV dramatization is probably the worst source of uh, uncovering the narrative. I refuse to believe this is anything but 100% accurate. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna tell me that there are things in that that were that did not actually happen? I love the opening of the movie because it's like she's in this like child molester group, and it's like part of it is like oh like they're so much worse than she is, but also it's like she's the only white woman there. <laughs> did anyone else kind of feel weird and icky about that? Like oh if you're a Latina woman that fucked her son then you belong here, but not a nice white lady. I mean, I felt <laughs> icky the whole time, so maybe yeah. it might, it wasn't, my needle's not sensitive enough to know that it was about the race and not about the uh, child molestation. Fair enough. <laughs> so we kind of get into her marriage. Basically, she had a really shitty marriage, is yeah. a lot of what's happening. <clears throat> yeah, she finds out her dad has prostate cancer, and her husband's like, whatever. And that was, that'd make me fuck a 12-year-old. <laughs> well did i forget did the movie go into any of the background of her family yeah and like her dad was a senator who had scandals yeah who had who like had two children out of wedlock like yeah. with, a, with a mistress yep while oh. he was while he was putting forth this like and he was uh i i did a little bit of research um had the crack research team get on it and uh <laughs> it, it was sort of your classic uh, strict Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. As a politician, he was like this ultra conservative. Like he even ran yeah. for president as on yep. this like ultra conservative third party candidate. And yep. then of course there's the the irony of oh, and then his career ended because it turned out that he had a mistress and two kids that were born of that affair. And I feel like it's been kind of concluded culturally that like if you are conservative like if you really hate gay people and want to oppress them you are doing secret gay things right and And if uh, you're like a freaky controlling family advocate type then you probably have about three or four mistresses on the side yeah you're having some hotel room sex at some point you know or at the airport happens at the airport a lot but apparently in the late 70s that was still enough to not get someone elected so right. that, that kind of ended his political career. Well, don't get me started on that. One. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and his uh, his strictness and his uh, weird hypocrisy does seem to have significantly damaged her. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. At least in the way the movie presents it. So, and, but for sure, what it did is it uh, his insistence that birth control was the devil uh, <laughs> leads to multiple, almost comically timed pregnancies that she has. Whoa, right. boy! Yeah. Right. I mean, because her marriage, which was bad, and that was part of this thing, was a marriage that she did not want to be in, but she had become impregnated early right. on, and so they had to get married. And mm-hmm. her family and, more or less pressured her into marrying him because he knocked her up. 
Yes. This being yes. Her, her first husband, yeah. Yeah. The first of many children who are the same age as her future <laughs> second husband. Yep. Yep. Have you, either of you guys had, are your parents married? Yes. To yes. each other? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Okay, like my My parents, parents are married to his parents. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, we've <laughs> never met before. It's weird no. that you guys yeah. have never spoken. This is actually yeah. why I did this podcast. You guys talking. <laughs> no, my dad had a girlfriend that was like a few years older than my oldest brother oh, for I remember, a while. I remember you telling and us our, about that. And it was especially weird, like, on Christmas, and, like, he'd get, like, a PlayStation 2, and be like, thanks, Dad, you know, and it's, like, <laughs> he could be trying to fuck this girl, but he's, like, arguing over the TV remote with me or whatever instead, you know, this is so weird, this is really weird, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so many things about this story that are troublesome, but when the new, or the, that when, yeah, her original kids are around him, her first marriage's kids are with his, the new husband, the, the child that she abused, and they are like seem like they maybe could get along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Is is very weird. <sighs> My favorite scene though is when Billy when he's in class and he's like coloring and it's get it's all in the lines and she's like, oh yeah, it's not going out of the lines. Oh, I'm so hot for it. Oh. Or he's like, George Washington was important. He was the first president. She's like, oh yeah, Billy. Oh. I mean, that's I mean, that's definitely one of the the weirdest parts of all this is that her claiming that they're in love. Like, even if he is mature, she refers to him as ageless. But can uh-huh. you imagine? Like, so she's she's older than I am now when she started this affair, and I cannot imagine hanging out with a thirteen year old. No, Just, I, can't, you can't, I can't the, even. I couldn't even imagine dating like a twenty two year old. Exactly. If yeah. I had to hang out with someone who's twenty nine right now, it would drive me crazy. <laughs> exactly. A twenty two year old was so annoying. You bring me a thirteen year old, and we have to have a conversation. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, one thing we learned too is he was in her second grade class. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which makes it like somehow, all, which somehow makes it even worse. Because it I, does, and I didn't know that. That was one of those details that I had forgotten or whatever. Where it was just like, oh yeah, he was thirteen, she was thirty-four. That's weird and not right at all. And then it's like, actually, she met him when he was in second grade, and then had him again as a student in sixth grade. I'm like, wait, so she's known this guy since he was eight, and that's when this child. Yeah. This, is, this is not. This is. Well, and part of what makes it so weird is how fucking young he is. Because if he was 17, if she was a high school teacher, it would still be fucked up. Yeah. But it's oh. on a whole other level when he's 13. Or oh, he's yeah. 12. This is so... Yeah, yeah and it was... It's, it, let's see. It does... Yeah, the Wikipedia does say that, that he was 12 when it started. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's so disturbing. A 12-year-old... Even if he is mature for his age, that makes him 16 right. emotionally. <laughs> right. <What are> you... <laughs> yeah. And this is the problem when you say, like, he's so mature. You're still 34, so you guys are going to have at least what, – what you're saying is at best you meet in the middle, which means you're really stunted for a 34-year-old if you're having a conversation with this kid and it seems interesting. There is yeah. nothing a 12-year-old could tell me that would be interesting. Well, like... I think what this movie tries to get us to believe, and maybe the narrative in general, is that she was, like, emotionally starving. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. somehow, while he was explaining Minecraft to her, <laughs> she, that fulfilled what she was looking for. He was like, I like the blue Power Ranger the best, because yeah. he's the smartest. Oh, God. <laughs> and she yeah, was like, oh, this... yeah, give it to me. No matter how emotionally starved you are, he's going to want to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. Like, there's just, like there's nothing. And... He doesn't know anything. Yeah. 
If you say the word poop to him, oh god, he's he'll still giggle. Start laughing. Although Ryan, to be fair, that's true of us as well. That's true. Well, and that's part of the problem is we are emotionally twelve years old, so we don't <laughs> sure. fucking know. But, Women our own age shouldn't spend time with us because yes. it's, it's disgusting. Yes, he just learned how to fart with his armpit like right? recently. <laughs> There's swear words he probably doesn't know. <laughs> so many swear words he hasn't heard yet. So in the movie, he's like oh, spitting game so at her. Awful. He's in her sixth grade class, and she likes his artwork. And she's showing them Georgia O'Keeffe, which is, again, like, why don't you show them Hustler? Like, what the fuck is that? That was one of those details where I'm like, did that really happen? Or is that the, you know, the director or producer of this movie being like, let's sneak this in here and make things a little, like, salacious for anyone who's paying attention? Well, because there's his sexual awakening right there, is looking at Georgia O'Keeffe paintings in class. (laughs) I think this flower has another meaning. (laughs) (laughs) That was his. That was his super cool line that he used. Yeah. The yeah. the movie sort of made it. This is a thing that was uh, very troublesome to me as well. Is that the movie made it seem like this was his fault? Like it seemed well, like the movie's point of view was that he emotionally manipulated her. I think what's actually true. I'm willing to believe. I mean, I'm a skeptic, and I don't believe in media and these constructed narratives. And I always <laughs> want to say I wasn't there and all this shit. But then it's also hard not to form judgment. Like, this is where I always get stuck. Cause, right. Um, so the way they frame it, and what is sort of, I think, what the media in general, how they framed it, is that, well, and it makes sense. I mean, I think it happens every day that a 12-year-old wants to fuck his teacher, who's oh, like some yeah. hot lady. He like, met, yeah. He made like a bet with his friends for twenty bucks that he could hook up with her. Well, and he gets twenty bucks is the best part of this whole thing. <laughs> we never see the scene where they give him the twenty dollars. That's that how he get... raises their two babies. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets a wife, two kids, we... no childhood, and twenty dollars. <laughs> we only saw we only saw that one bet. He was probably laying money all across town. He bet with he everybody. Put that twenty dollars in the bank, and by the time she got out of prison, he had twenty two dollars, and they got married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely the thing about him wanting to sleep with her is very believable. Mm-hmm. Well, and then her being emotionally starving also is makes but sense. No, no, there's no amount of emotional starvation where a twelve year old would be interesting and uh, to her, and that is so creepy. But the thing about him wanting it is not surprising. That's why the teacher is in the classroom is because the twelve year olds aren't good at making decisions. Right, 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 right. right. Almost everything he wants would kill him. If you gave him, if you give him like a credit card, he would eat pizza till he died. That you cannot let a twelve-year-old make decisions because they're bad at them. Well, there's some great stuff in the 2020 special. That's a good follow-up to that. Oh, God. But I have a list of kind of questions for the group okay. that I was going to save till the end. But um, well, we can revisit this one. But one of the main questions of this whole thing is like, is she just crazy? I mean, she is she is definitely uh, broken in some way. That because yeah. at no point does she ever say this was a thing that I did that was bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, she never thinks that anything was wrong. But that's uh, part of what justifies it too is the problem. Because what made this such an interesting story to me, like when I was in high school and it was happening, <clears throat> is how um, holy they both declared that they were in love with each other. And it, to me, raised this question of, 
like I know about consent and social constraints and those things, but it did feel to a degree like these two people are just in love and it goes outside of societal norms. No, no. It, he he's twelve. So it's not just it like so he's in love he's in love with craft macaroni and cheese dinner. That that kid would marry a monster truck rally if you made it legal. You don't the fact that he is in love with her is so boring. That is the least uh-huh. interesting piece of news in this whole thing. Okay. Of course he feels like that. She let him have sex with her. That mm-hmm. is going to change a lot of his emotional things, right? He he is a he's a, a a child with a a bad home life. Mm-hmm. Everything about what he did makes perfect sense. He is a, an authority figure who he also gets to bone. This is such an easy world for him. It, she is broken and a criminal, and there is no part of me that's okay with that. Would you maintain that him then waiting for her to get out of prison and also marrying her and still being with her 12 years later makes sense too? That's... It makes total sense, and it makes it much worse to me that they're still together. Interesting. See, and that's that's the interesting part for me, and I think that's the part of this that makes it a story that we're still talking about. Because if this was just, you know, an emotionally damaged uh, and and relatively normal 12-year-old kid has sex with, like, an emotionally damaged and should know better criminal of a teacher, and even if he, like, knocks her up and then she goes Mm -hmm. to jail and then comes out and they just kind of go their separate ways, I don't know that it would have the sort of pop culture cachet that this story does. But what makes it interesting is that yeah, he's a dumb 13-year-old. There's a lot of shit I liked when I was 13 that I don't like yeah. anymore, but yeah. he still likes her. They're still married. Well, they, they profess- but that's because she broke him so thoroughly. I mean, if she so if they were not together, if she had not been interested in a relationship, if she had been just in it for the sex, which is hard to imagine <laughs> anyway. She uh, likes that 10 seconds of sex. I that yeah, 12 year old so problematic. But if she was into if she was just into that, I feel like he'd probably come out of this unscathed. He'd come out of this with three high fives and yeah. be fine. Yeah. And the fact that she a does not believe in protection is incredibly upsetting about this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um cuz if she didn't if he, she didn't force him to have a child at 13 cuz that really yeah. messed up his yeah. life. But then also the fact that she had her emotional hooks into him as well. The fact that this was like instead of just like look, I will I will do these things even though I probably shouldn't, don't tell anybody. That would be an issue. But because she's like no, this is I'm in love, this is forever. You're telling me you're in love. I agree with you. I believe you. Then she made this a thing that broke him so that he could... How do you... You've been in a relationship and raised two kids with a woman in jail for a year and a half? How do you go date at 16? She broke him. She well, he dist- dated, though. Like, he well, went and had girlfriends I wondered about that. No, they ta- they've acknowledged that very publicly. She said that he was not faithful to her and yeah. that he, like, sowed his wild oats. Yeah. But the fact that she, he came back to her is because he was broken and those relationships did not work because huh. he had been with a an authority figure he'd been with somebody who could also give him a ride home from soccer practice and that changed things for him and that made it so he could not date normal people hmm. that's what grosses me out the most yeah and it almost makes me wonder not on her part because she seems genuine in her uh, warped view of things but particularly in that 2020 interview, and some of this is it seems like because I, I they mentioned that this is the first time he's ever been interviewed like on TV as part of this, and mm-hmm. so he could just have a, a natural 
disinclination for that sort of thing. But to call him stiff and humorless in that interview is an understatement. Well, I want to wait till to, for yeah, the interview. But part yeah. of breeze through the movie real quick. But part of and to defend wonders... him, he's 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 pretty. He's got a pretty decent personality for a wedding DJ. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and he's yeah. also, like, a normal human being. I think that people are always hard on, like, real people when they have to go on 2020. It's yeah, like, yeah. He oh, yeah. doesn't want to be on TV. Like, But there's part of me that wonders if he, at least, is sticking this out as, like, a... If I married... If, if we're married and we're a family, then it's not weird and wrong. And hmm. so I'm just going to stick with this and, and, and play this part. Totally. Totally. To, because if I don't, and he may not even be consciously aware of this, but like, because if I don't, then what we did was terribly wrong, and I'm a broken, damaged person. But this yeah. way, I can just pretend that we're normal and just a little bit weird given our ages. And I don't want to be a armchair psychologist here, because fuck, fuck, do I know? But that's what like the fact that they're still married then makes me wonder if this isn't all just an act to some degree on his part. I believe her. Well, she's like, I think oh, we're going to speculate pretty heavily about that. Yeah. But, but back in the movie, I feel yeah. like, uh, the fact that he spent two or three years in and out of court describing his sexual relations <laughs> with his teacher. Like, yeah. I think that made him that, that, that messes up a child. Yeah. That alone the, is damaging. Like, that, there's yeah. no way that doesn't make your rest of your dating life difficult. And let's be honest You're, here. If you're in and out of court as a 13-year-old describing any sexual experience, oh, yeah. let alone with a 34-year-old teacher, it could just yeah. be like your girlfriend, and that's going to fuck you up. He's had sex like seven times, and he's had to, to describe every moment of all seven of those to a group of her peers, not his. <laughs> I mean, he told his peers, too. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it's a little different the way he described it to them. Yeah, but well, it probably lasted a lot longer in his stories to those yeah. friends. She was like, "Oh," he, uh, <laughs> and he alleges that she was not the first person he had sex with. Yeah. Well, sure. Again, you you don't get to take a 12 year old's word for how much sex he's had before. <laughs> So they go on a camp, a school camping trip. I really like the part where they're like talking by the fire, and then another teacher comes and she's like, "Philly, go to bed," and she's like, "Fucking cock blocker." <laughs> um, so then uh, we basically breeze through this whole thing that she believes that they're soulmates. Um, oh yeah, and the theme music of the movie I felt like sounded a little bit like "My Heart Will Go On." It was like a slight riff <laughs> on that theme, which I liked. Yeah, this was this was right around when that was that would have been uh, still in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah, then, for a USA uh, movie, it's probably like uh, "My Heart Will Continue" by yeah. Shmeline Shmion. Yeah, <laughs> my heart will not stop. <laughs> you, so the the thing that they established though in a bunch of scenes is that everyone else should have seen this coming. That everyone else should have known. Well, right? I mean, I think it's one of those things that you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, but every three minutes a teacher walks up and is like, why was your hand up his shirt? You know, it's just constantly, <laughs> she's like, no, 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 it's nothing. He, he's just, I'm helping him be an artist. And they're like, why, yeah, why, why, did, why did you guys go into a van and he had a piece of gum when you started and you have it now? And like, no, it's just a camping <laughs> trip. You know, it's just how it goes. We're just for camping. I mean, it's just how... Yeah. I think, though, it's one of those things, like, if I had been her close friend and also a teacher and had seen every sign after it was outed, I would be like, 
I still can't believe it. Like, I think... That's uh, fair. Plausible deniability. Like, I think even to this day, seeing them married, I would still be like, I can't fucking believe that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's fair. And so it's all in flashbacks from when she's in jail. There's a part where she's crying about being separated from her children. And does that also mean Villy there? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then her little brother drowned as a child when she was supposed to be watching him. And I don't know how much that's an important detail. It's part of the the tapestry of how effed up she is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And and also why she shouldn't be allowed to babysit. Well, we just we what do we see? We see she's had two jobs, babysitter and teacher, and both times she's not looked out for the well being of her underlings. Yep. <laughs> so then they basically have this courtship, he has her take she has him take like a figure drawing class and then he takes it with her and that's very erotic. Right, and he's got a lot of well, they they take a homophobic figure drawing class. Yep, yeah. He's like, You have to take it with me because what if I see another man naked? That'll be really damaging to me i always say that before i go to figure drawing <laughs> I, if it's a man i go oh and i just him out and if it's a woman i go oh yeah <laughs> really loud like while she's undressing yeah because you're also 12 yeah yeah it's true so and then they're like making out in her car <clears throat> and then billy is allowed to stay over at their house because he's just like a wayward child that they house yeah He's like the blind side. I haven't seen the blind side either, but I, I don't think blind people should be <laughs> allowed. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Alex doesn't think blind people should be allowed to have sex. So No, I just I was trying to do it with the title. I don't think they should be on your side. They should you should always stay in front or behind of a blind person. So the way that they joke completed frame it <laughs> is that he pressures her for the sex. Yeah, yeah. He, he, she says no repeatedly, and he keeps doing it, and that is uh, super problematic. Except you're the adult. Yeah, I'm the adult. No, she is in this case. <laughs> but you're kind of defending her sometimes, so I feel like I'm kind of well. Projecting. I mean, I think it's complicated. <laughs> is what I'm saying. I guess I think it is very simple. Ryan is in a unique situation because he is both an artist and a teacher. <laughs> well, and because. You've been on both sides of this. It's true. Well, it's interesting. I, I'll get into the minutia of it as we go. I mean, yes. Now would be a time. Well, I mean, you're you're hosting, the... but you keep teasing things, and I want let's, to hear it. Let's get all our facts straight, and then we'll oh. we'll pick it apart. Man, I sure have talked too much for you just getting the facts. I know. So I like when she's like, because then he graduates from her class, and he's coming back with his you know dick in his hand, and she's like, "You need to go to middle school and see what that's all about." <laughs> And then he's like, this is a great line in a movie. Listen to me. Recess is over. (laughs) (laughs) Which sounds like a line from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. Someone wanted that to be the tagline of the movie. Wait, you've never (laughs) seen Kindergarten Cop, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I understand now. Now that you told me that it's like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, but instead of being pregnant, he's a kindergarten teacher. I get it. All right. That is basically the premise of the movie. It was the road to his pregnant, his yeah. male pregnancy. Yeah, it was phase one of that whole operation. So did you, Ryan, did yes. you see what the tagline, the official tagline of this movie is? No. She was the teacher. He was her student. What they learned wasn't part of the curriculum. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
Maybe it should be. We 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 took a class called Why social is not living. Sex ed? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We took a class called health. It told us about birth control and, and yeah, how we should and that some use adults it. are not on your side. <laughs> so I, it seems too like what really blows the lid off their whole operation is that she gets pregnant right away. Yeah. Right away. I mean, it's the easy joke to make, but does this kid have, like, fucking super sperm? I think, actually, here's my theory. Uh, If you have unprotected sex, it is likely that you will get somebody pregnant. (laughs) I I mean, yes. Ordinary sperm, mostly. (laughs) I I know couples who have had trouble conceiving, but I know a lot more people who have been pregnant on accident. So it's just (laughs) a thing that can happen. Fair enough. But even when they're 35 and have four kids already... Yeah. Well, so she's proven that she's makes viable offspring. That's I mean, true. That, that's true. She's pr- proven to to be fertile. Yeah. Also, thirty four, like yeah, not, not that. that that's not like he says it. Like, how can you still have kids? But that's because when you're twelve, thirty four seems like you're a million years old. Right. Well, and also he doesn't know where babies come from. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so wait, you called the stork up in heaven? I don't... What do you mean you're pregnant? No, I mean literally. What do you mean? I don't understand what that means. <laughs> He was going to go to the class where they taught that, but he was busy having sex with her. (laughs) You should go to middle school, see what it's all about. There's this one class you should pay most attention to. It'll be taught by one of the coaches. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it usually is. It's true. So she, her husband, like, beats her up when he finds out she's pregnant. That was another detail that I wondered how embellished that was. Well, well uh, people do beat their wives, Austin. <laughs> Don't deny it. It's it's a made-for-TV movie where that happens more often than statistically likely. Yeah. Well, and then she's in, in the hospital, and he goes to see her, and she's like, you fractured my tailbone, but the baby's okay. And he's like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to suggest that her, her husband's a winner here. I'm just questioning the extent of how angry he was. No, and there's this weird thing with her husband where they're like, because we never loved each other, you can just sleep with anybody you want, I think. But then later she's mad at him for that. Yeah. Oh, and then the kid is like, oh, you should have sex with him and then pretend that it's your baby. Yeah. Even though he's Samoan and she is blonde <laughs> and so like, and, and the fa- other the husband is blonde and so like, there's like a pretty decent chance it would be noticeable. Well, I was trying to buy some time. Spoiler alert. I guess so. We've seen the kids. It's noticeable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they 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 look like his kids and not her kids. His teenagers are uh they were kind of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. 2020. Yeah. They seemed we'll like they seemed surprisingly healthy. I right. guess is what I mean. Right. Don't be gross, Alex. <laughs> um they're too old for you. So <clears throat> she gets arrested for child rape. You can't she... see this cuz it's a podcast, but I'm shaking my head angrily. <laughs> <laughs> she gets arrested for child rape and she's like can I work tomorrow? <laughs> and they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Probably never again around children. Yeah. As a general rule, when one gets arrested, one does not get to return to work the following day. Yeah. I mean, that, but that I think is proof that she did not recognize that what she was doing was problematic. Right, right. Which is in and of itself, that, that means that you should be able to plead uh, not guilty by reason of mental defect. Because she didn't realize it was wrong. And that is troubling. 
Yeah. Right. Well, and again, I mean, I think a lot of what's unique about this whole narrative is neither of them has ever felt like they've done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, Have I made it clear yet, though, that I disagree with her? <laughs> no, I know, but we'll get into it more. So I'm going to just blast through the rest of this. In hour three, we'll start actually talking about the issues. Yeah, she has his kid, and then uh, she goes to jail, and she gets a really minimal sentence. Of, like, six months or something, and she's never allowed to see him again. She pleads not guilty in exchange for a, a shorter sentence. And, she pleads and yes, he, guilty. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. She pleads guilty in exchange for a small sentence and the agreement that she'll never see him again. And yeah, then, she had one job. <laughs> one job. To get to not go to jail after destroying a child. Yeah. So then, I, I like how dated it is, too, that, like, they're sexting, but it's all, like, over pagers. It's, like, pager sexting. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, like, a two-year window where that could have happened. <laughs> yeah. You're like, so so she's just texting him 80085. Yep, exactly. And he's like, ooh. Because <laughs> <laughs> boobs, Ryan. Boobs. Oh, boobs. Oh, okay, yeah. That was, sorry. I, that I was, was one of those dirty down. calculator things you could do. Ryan, did you not have a pager in the late eight, in the late 90s? I didn't, but I had friends who did, okay. and it was convenient, you know. Okay. <clears throat> I always relied on other people. I didn't have a pager, but we used to, like, write dirty words on calculators in elementary school. Yeah, that was oh, a, I remember that one. A fun thing. And a, a thing I would say that proves that we were not mentally ready to make a lifetime marriage decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely knew how to root, write boobs on a calculator. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, if I thought really hard, I could probably still remember the equation that'll put boobless on the calculator. Oh, yeah, yeah boobless. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's, like the, the that's less sexy, but... Yeah, yeah. So basically what happens is <laughs> she gets an extremely light sentence, which is shocking yeah. in its own right, mm-hmm. and then they're like, okay, just stop fucking this child, <laughs> and you're pretty much going to get away with it, and she's like, okay... And then she immediately goes out and fucks him again. She's like, okay, yeah. but not really. <laughs> and gets pregnant again. Gets pregnant again, which makes it way hard to deny. Yep. Right. Yep. And and also they keep always getting caught in a car, which is just weird and seedy to me. Yeah. Yeah, remember when you were a kid and you had to try to make out in cars instead of in, like, beds? Man, being an adult is way better. I know, and you're like, wouldn't it be great if we were adults and we could like, do this? But apparently adults still do this. I don't know. Oh, man. I yeah. did not miss cars. I'm still not entirely sure why the car was necessary, but I think they couldn't get a hotel. You know, I don't know. Really? Well, he didn't have a credit card. He yeah, can't but... drive yet, so it had to have been her car, I suppose. Yeah, yeah no, it would have had to have been. So, get... I mean, what, what, what kind of awesome dates are they going to go do? He's twelve. Are they going to go play laser tag? Yeah, <laughs> ski ball. Yes, yeah, ski ball. He can't get into a bar. He can't. He can't rent a car. He can't do anything. He's twelve. Right. He can't. Right. He can't, so, he can't get into a Chuck E. Cheese unaccompanied. <laughs> so where it's left off, like with the and where this news story kind of gets abandoned in, by the public interest, is that she's in jail for seven years. And yeah, essentially he, for, for violating her, her probation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, your sentence is eight years in jail, but if you promise not to have sex with this child anymore, we'll let you go with nothing. And then, like, a week later, she's back in front of the judge smelling like child sex. And the judge is like, well, eight years. (laughs) (laughs) And so then he's like, and then he's got two kids that his mom is raising. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are both sort of planning to wait for each other. And that's where it was left for a long time. And then 
she gets out of jail in what 2005 yeah something like that yeah and they got married yep and that's where it gets super crazy so then there's a 2020 special which is like the follow-up which again is what i watched on youtube that prompted me to do this podcast with you guys so what did you guys what is your guys read on their relationship based on what you've seen in this 2020 special in the 2020 special, yeah, in the movie. Well, because the movie... Oh, their could, modern relationship, you mean. The movie is very potentially a lot of it's spurious or whatever. It's a dramatization. But the 2020 special is an interview with the two of them in 2015. It's like two years old. And it's really them talking about them, representing themselves and their narrative. Well, so my first thing is that uh, you mentioned their, like that he didn't ask for this publicity. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I, I felt bad that they were hounded by paparazzi. Okay. Uh, until they said the, the show revealed that they had been paid seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. They'd sold their wedding video for yep. three quarters of a million dollars um, to Entertainment Tonight. Yep. And uh, now I don't mm-hmm. feel bad anymore. And that he calls himself DJ Famous, and then also had a weird hot, hot for, for teacher, teacher DJ <laughs> yeah. night or something. I think he's like DJ Scandal or something like that. It's something like that. Yeah, I I do not begrudge them. Look, there's a lot of things I would do for three quarters of a million dollars, and I do not begrudge them cashing in on their notoriety to live, theoretically, a pretty cushy life. Particularly since, you know, the only job she's ever had, she can't do anymore. Well, but he works at, like, Home Depot or something. He's a part-time wedding DJ, part-time works in a gardening center. There we go, yeah. What did they do with the $750,000? Legal fees, maybe? I mean, it could be legal fees, or it could also be, like, uh, trying... Like, they stayed in in, uh, cushy suburban uh, Seattle, so maybe they just bought a house. That's true. Anyway, I don't begrudge them cashing in. But I do feel like once you've cashed in, you have now lost the ability to complain about being yeah. famous. Like, that's yeah. that's the trade-off. I'm like, you go for it. If you can make $750,000 off of your wedding video, that's great. But you don't get to complain about people p- hounding you anymore and trying to take your pictures and stuff. Well, I don't think they're being hounded anymore. I think at this point, they're, like, going after... Because I'm sure they yeah. got money for this 2020 special, too. But oh, what yeah. I'm asking is less about the morality of their fame and more about... How did you assess the quality of their relationship? Well, I found... (laughs) uh, Yeah, man, what a weird dynamic between the two of them. Because he seems like... I don't know, he seemed more normal than I was expecting for what they went through. Mm -hmm. And she seemed less. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and And I just noticed on the Wikipedia page that her first two years in prison, she spent uh, uh, 18 months in solitary confinement. Whoa. Yeah. Which will destroy anybody's psyche. Oh, yeah. That is, yeah. I mean, that is, I think, probably cruel and unusual punishment. That's my position on it. That is awful. Yeah. And uh, it was because she was very famous and not popular as an inmate. And so she was constantly getting in fights defending herself because she was a sex offender. Anyway, uh, oh, right. terrible, yeah. terrible things. But, like, she came out of that seeming like someone who'd been in solitary confinement for two right. years. She well, seemed. She was, she was messed not up before she that. went in. I mean, that was like. Yeah. That was like someone she was broken and then someone took a hammer to the pieces yeah one thing that doesn't come across in the movie dramatization 
is her weird, sexy baby voice. I wrote down oh, that yeah, she kind voice. of has a Jennifer Tilly voice going on. Yeah. But it feels very, like, on purpose. Yes. I don't know if enough time will ever pass where it will take away the, what the media did to our story. Very calculated. No. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's, it's a, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm, I'll, I'll be kind to her on that, that some people just have those voices. Oh, yeah. Alex uh, is sensitive about his own sexy baby voice. So well, no, I mean, it's easy, it's easy to say that. I feel like that's a super, that there's some, like, uh, there's a bit of soci- subtle sexism from society about that. And Maria Bamford has this great line because Maria Bamford has this weird baby voice. And she's like, yes, this is my real voice. My sister talks like this, too. She's a surgeon. Right. And I feel like probably a surgeon is not doing that as a fun, cool voice mm-hmm. to have. I think that uh, I, I think that she's super messed up, but she also might just have small vocal cords or whatever. I guess the voice... Well, and it's like the way words are drawn out and stuff. I guess going along with what we know about her, it seems odd. Yeah, I would say that's like the least upsetting thing about her to me. I mean, to me, I'm coming at this from a different place, which is that I always saw this as these two people had sex, it was a sex crime, and it was something you would look at as a headline or as a piece of news... And make really quick, easy, uh, moral uh, judgments about. And that there are no two ways about it. But then, the fact that they both maintained so strongly that they were in love, and that his mom sort of permitted it, and that then he waited for her, and they actually got married when she got out of jail sort of, to me, um, justified the situation. Like, these two people really just wanted to be together, and we have these societal constructs that make it a crime, and that it sort of, to me, was about, like, examining societal norms and constraints we put on our... Uh, and the way we judge things. Um, and that it was this incredibly, like, passion... The way they frame their own romantic narrative is, like, the ideal romance everyone would want to have or something, like this passionate, fiery thing. But then we see they've been married for ten years, and they just seem like any two people that have been married for ten years that kind of hate each other. Yeah, they seem... Well, that's what I was just saying. They they seem like any married people who aren't actually in love with each other at all. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like... Well, tell me, so you... How long have you been married, Austin? I will have been married ten years this September. And then, Alex, how long have you been married? Uh, We've been married four years, but we've been together 12. Okay, so yeah, I want to get the married guy view of what this looks like to you. Two people that aren't very much in love. (laughs) Yeah, it did not seem like they had any chemistry at all to me. Yeah, and like a lot of contempt just below the surface. Yeah, and anytime somebody says, well, like any marriage... Uh, that, that that specific phrase to me says we are having trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, and it's and it's that you don't necessarily know that sometimes that other couples like each other still after mm-hmm. a decade. Uh, but like, yeah, the way they were like, well, just like any couple, we fight about the fact that he doesn't know how to raise children or what. Like, it, yeah. it, it felt like there was some <laughs> seething rage behind that. Uh, and and look, Barbara Walters is Barbara Walters is Barbara Walters. But uh, she was lobbing softball after softball at them, and they couldn't even handle that correctly. And like, I mean, they both they both seemed like people who'd get been through a lot of shit. They yeah. did yeah. not seem like two healthy adults. And she's asking they, him like, "Oh, what do you love about Mary?" 
and he can't even give like a oh my stereotypical God. canned response that we that all, was such an easy question right and like we we watch these things and people say stuff like you know oh she makes me laugh I. You yeah. know, I just wake up every morning feeling like I'm more in love with her. And we all roll our eyes and we're like, that's not genuine. But the reason we do that is because everyone fucking says that. Yeah. And, that, and there's some truth in it. He can't even come up with the canned trite responses. Well, and then fucking I, Barbara Walters just lets him walk away with it. I'm like, do your sh- damn job, Babs. <laughs> <laughs> more follow-up questions. I want more hard-hitting questions. Right? <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they didn't put up a front at all. Mm. Like... And it made me wonder, because I don't know these people, and I don't know what the fuck they were thinking of, uh, maybe they just don't really like each other and they couldn't get it together at all. Like, they didn't even really talk about it much before they did it. But, and then I almost wondered if this is the front, like, they were trying to appear as a normal married couple that has its own... Well, that has, like, that you would assume two people who have been married for ten years would have all this kind of strained energy around each other, and that that's what they were... And it almost seemed like they haven't seen each other in five years, and this is mm. what they came up with of how to present themselves or something. There was... It definitely felt like... The thing you said earlier I think is really interesting, which is that it, that if they break up it proves that it was wrong. Right. So they have to they have to stay together forever to prove that they were right back then. Yeah. And that is a lot of burden to carry. Yeah, that's yeah. A- and it's so when you say like, oh we have normal fights, that could be like really horrible fights, but you just have to make pretend that that's normal because otherwise you feel guilty for your whole life. Yeah. I feel more like though they probably like live on separate sides of the house and don't even could really be. talk to each other very much. Could very well be. Yeah, could be. And he's got, you know, he's got her children who are his age, so he has other people to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she, she, and imagine that. So she's like forty something, right? She's forty five. She's or in something? her fifties. She's in her fifties now. She's in her fifties. Three, and he's thirty one. And thirty one. He's the closest in age to her in the house. She hasn't talked to an adult in a decade. So of <laughs> right. course she's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. a tough life. It is, yeah. He's just getting into Pokemon Go, and she's got to be like, I should have my third nice couch by now. <laughs> she's like, what's a Pokemon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She missed Pokemon entirely. She was too old. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's true. Yeah, uh-huh. no, there's, uh, when they mentioned that they're wet, that they, so they get married, and they had 250 people at their wedding. And I was like, yeah. wow, 250 people were like. Yeah, what was that? Well, I guess I'm on board with this. <laughs> Oh, gross. Oh, well, they have family. I mean, how many people were at your wedding? Uh, well, I don't know. We probably had like, it was over 100, less than 150. I forget exactly. Because, you know, you invite so many and then so many don't show up and all that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we were, I think ours was like 110 or something. And right. that like was but, scraping the bottom of the barrel of people who like me. But also, so. <laughs> when my wife and I got married, it wasn't after I was 13 and she was a 34-year-old teacher who had sex with me. So right. I, yeah. I feel like there was less like tricky circumstances surrounding our wedding than there was around theirs it wasn't an elaborate cover-up of of a decade-old crime exactly exactly (laughs) so what you guys are saying as married men possibly because your wives are going to listen to this is that (laughs) mine's listening to a third of it right now (laughs) exactly right he's like she's sitting behind him staring at him right now he answers these questions um no because i don't know i haven't been married i'm not married so 
I part of me was like, oh, it is sort of maybe just like almost a typical marriage they're having, and that's what seemed interesting. But you're saying this is not a normal ten year marriage. This is fucked up. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, we, but like, we, and I don't know seeing of it though. Like yeah. Austin, if someone were to interview you and your wife, you're saying it would come off much better than this. I'd like. I'd certainly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ours would definitely come across better because we're both more charming than they are individually. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. I'll be the judge of that. Not, not. I don't mean Austin, you and your wife. I meant the the. Tw- I meant the Laternos. But um, yeah, yeah I think yeah. we would. I mean, we're fun in interviews. I think. I don't, we've never done an interview together, but I bet we'd be fun. So you don't feel like you're you're failing to mask your contempt for one another? <laughs> no, I really like her, and I think that's been the key to not seeming like I have contempt. Yeah, is that you don't? Is, yeah, is that I yeah, like is her. That, yeah, is yeah. that I genuinely do like my wife? I like hanging yeah. out with her. I yeah. Uh, we share a lot of the same interests, and and uh, that, yeah. make, that makes it easy to come across like we don't have contempt for one another. We're about the same age. That, yeah, that helps. That helps too. I'm two years <laughs> older than my wife. We get uh, the same reference when you're like, "Oh, remember that Facts of Life episode?" She's not like, "I wasn't born when that came." Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, instead, it's no because I didn't watch as much fucking TV as you did. Right. Yeah. yeah. Remember that cool thing that happened when you were 12 and he wasn't born yet. <laughs> Yeah, their whole their whole like set of cultural touchstones are different. Yeah, they both oh, love yeah. Georgia O'Keeffe. <laughs> Remember when nine eleven happened and you were a child and I was in prison? <laughs> it's just a very strange time. So a couple Wait, of points. Really come quick, up. I want to tell. I want a terrible joke. So I have been trying to stay on the moral side of this while you say fucked up things. But do you think? <laughs> Because they, they're just about their 10-year anniversary. Do you think they try to make it special by going into a car again? Trying to recapture <laughs> the magic? Sorry, terrible joke. Back to being moral. It's gross. Or like when they had their 10-year anniversary, they were like, in two more years, it'll be how old you were when, when we, we <laughs> first got together. Our marriage is almost as old as you were when we met. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a couple of points came up towards the end, too, that they were particularly interesting. Uh like when they asked Billy about giving advice to their daughters about dating yeah, and he's like I would tell them that when you're that young you could get into something that you want now that you won't want later which was like the most intense cry for help I've ever Once seen again, <laughs> I really wanted Barbara Walters to do her goddamn job because that she kind of did she was like say what because that to me was pretty much the like I regret the fuck out of this, and I am messed up and want out, but can't get out. I mean, that's what Never. that said to me. Never. So you really think that they can't, that they feel like if they get divorced that it'll justify that they're monsters or something? If they're together, it's a weird, timeless love story. If they're mm-hmm. divorced, she's a sex criminal. Right. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, but why does he care? Because he's either way, he's just a kid who got to fuck his teacher. <laughs> well, like I said, I think he's pretty damaged at this point. She, yeah. like, he doesn't get his he doesn't get his uh, childhood back. He's been raising kids since he was fourteen. Right, yeah. and if they get divorced, all of that was for nothing. Yeah, he, exactly. Uh, it was all for you know, He didn't lose his childhood. He didn't lose a normal sexual relationship for nothing right now he lost all of that all of that was given up in order to be with this woman that's the love of his life if she's not the love of his life then his life's a fucking tragedy from his perspective 
Man, you know when she said so? There was that that sort of awkward moment where Barbara Walters said, "You know, you you were in prison. He was faithful to you." And then she was like, "He wasn't faithful," because yeah. um, <laughs> uh, he was like sowing his wild oats or whatever. Uh, imagine, so he would have been like what fifteen, eighteen. Uh, like that, he, yeah. he was trying to get in relationships. He was an 18-year-old with two kids, single yeah. father with two children. That's hard enough to date as a single parent when you can afford babysitters, and that's a relatively normal thing for someone on a dating site to see about right. you. He was a child that was like, well, let's go on a date. I have to be back early, though. My kids have swimming lessons in the morning. Right. <laughs> that right. Like, is fucked up. Yeah. Oh, that's all kinds of fucked up. And well, so, if those kids have swimming lessons, they should be grateful. <laughs> that's a responsible dad. Yeah. It's a responsible 15-year-old I mean, dad that signs up his kids for swimming he lessons. He does seem like a decent... He seems like he's a decent dad. Oh, uh, he does, yeah. And his their kids seem, like, relatively unscathed from the little clips we had of them, like, singing into an iPhone and walking around New York. I was thinking about that, too, because you get to see the kids, and it's the first time they've been shown in anything. And, like, you see them singing for, like, 10 seconds... And I was like, I will bet anything that those two girls were so excited that they're going to be in 2020 getting to sing like it was their singing audition for the popular culture. And yeah. they watched this whole thing and they were like, what? It was 10 seconds? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I could tell they felt robbed by how that was produced. So throughout the whole special, the I felt like the big thing that the producers slash editors were building to was the big question of yeah. uh, what you know, what would you do if your daughter said they were dating a teacher or had sex with right. a teacher? So that was they like... clearly thought that was the big money question because it was right. teased so, you know, 18 times. Yep, every single... Every time we went to commercial break, that question got teased. They saved it for the very last segment. And then the answer turns out to be, he just doesn't want his daughters to have sex with anyone, just like any guy. Right. And not only is that anticlimactic, but you also, I, <laughs> I have always sort of. Did you just chuckle at your own accidental pun. Oh no! I <laughs> now he does. Now oh, okay. I'm chuckling at my own accidental pun. Uh, seems, if it was anticlimactic, none of this would have happened. Right, he wouldn't have had those two kids. Um, it always seems to me like the guys who were the quote unquote worst about women when they were young are the ones who most strenuously don't want their daughters to be in relationships because they just assume that like every guy out there is the horn dog that they are. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, that, that's a good that point. was somewhat telling when his response was just teachers. I don't want to date anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gross. Anytime I, I it's a pet peeve whenever dads act like Me that too. and it try to control their daughter's sexuality. But it's also, he didn't seem to get any little bit of irony of saying they're too young to have sex with anybody. Right. Right. He was completely ironless. I mean, it's weird though. Cause is he supposed to live his entire life with like the understanding of like, well, I did fuck my teacher when I was 12. So what do I know? You know like, <laughs> I guess you can have another cookie. I fucked my teacher when I was 12. Yeah, you can walk into the street. I don't know anything. As a parent, his philosophy should be, what do I know? <laughs> I I'm feel like that. there's a canned answer to that question, which is like, I would hope that they would make the you know an intelligent decision or come to us for advice if they don't know what the right decision is or something like that, which again... 
seems like that's the easy bullshit answer, but they can't even get to the easy bullshit answer. Yeah. Yeah. Repeatedly. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, can, kind of without variation, they seem to fail at that. Yeah. Can I ask a question that's not related to this part of the discussion, but I missed a while ago? You're, me? Well, it's not related to you, no. Um, ask, how the, did, ask the question. <laughs> how did the cops... How did they... They got, like... The cops showed up, and they were, like, at her van, and were like, are you fucking somebody in that van? Where did they park the van that cops came? Well, I would guess... I would guess because she was on probation. I don't want to. I don't know that they necessarily had her under surveillance. No, this was before probation. This is the first. Oh, time. This is the first, first time. time. Yeah, and it feels like this happens in movies a lot, where you're making out and a cop knocks on the window. But it uh-huh. seems like you just park in a place where the cops are not mad at you for parking there. They were at Inspiration Point. <laughs> yeah, is that a make out point in Seattle? Uh, I don't know. They were that's anywhere. Oh, okay. I can't tell if that was a joke that was like a local reference or no. I think the same place. I believe. Well, but maybe you were from Seattle. I believe the joke was they were dumb enough to go to the place where all the teens make out, and so the cops were just doing a routine teen rustling check and discovered a thirty-four-year-old teacher having sex with her thirteen-year-old student. Well, and the van was a rockin', so they came a knockin'. Is it illegal to have sex in the back of a van? That's what I want to know. Like, if you were parked in a two-hour zone, you put the you paid for the parking, you put the tag in your thing, but you're in the back of the van, so there's no one can see it. Uh-huh. Is that illegal to have sex in the back of your van when no one can see it with a twelve-year-old, Alex? Yes. <laughs> well, right, but at the point the cops knocked on the window and they're like, "Is someone else back there? Is anybody she... twelve in there?" Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, were they suspicious that she's having is sex that... with a child, or are were they you like a teacher? Is that one of your students? Yeah. Does your bumper sticker say? If... Maybe her bumper sticker says, "If you can read this, thank a teacher." And so yeah. then they got suspicious. Yeah. But like, or if my you're... child is on the honor roll. <laughs> also, my boyfriend. <laughs> My child and or boyfriend is on the honor roll. Oh, man. Uh, They're friends. I feel like that's still technically illegal, but you are less likely to get caught if you're in a van parked legally and there's no reason for the cops to check it out. But I th- was it an illegal park? Like, yeah, why did the cops come up on the car on just a parked van I mean, with no one in the front one of the seat? Things that actually happened. So I, I know, know that's what, and it happens in movies constantly. Like cops yeah. are just walking around knocking on windows. Like anybody fucking in here? Well, anybody yeah. fucking? <laughs> we had a. Uh, here, <laughs> I would do that if I was a cop. Here, here in in uh, in my town, we had it's called a, Fuck Patrol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, dicks out, everybody. It's the fuck patrol. <laughs> we had a, a minor scandal when two local politicians, two married local politicians, were basically caught having sex in a car in the parking lot of a park. With each other? With each other. Two so men? legal? No. Right, uh, or illegal? A, a man and a woman who were both oh. married to other people Interesting. were caught having sex in a car yeah. in the parking lot of a park, and they, right. and they got caught because... The parks technically close after 10 p.m. Yeah. Like right. This is what to... I'm wondering is, is just are these people just doing dumb illegal parking jobs? And is that what's getting them in trouble? That's what it boils down to. And, and the, the city that they were in, those cops, just one of the things they do, like, after 10 o'clock is drive around to the local parks and make sure everybody's out. And so they came across this car that was in the parking lot after 10, and they're like, this shouldn't be here, knocked on the window, and it's these two politicians having sex. And that's where you Damn, go. Damn, what a score for that cop. Well, you know? yeah. And that's where you're like, um, 
So you guys just did a lot of things that were wrong, but I feel like your first mistake was parking illegally. Yeah, yeah. just read the goddamn parking signs. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. So, so I did. I just did a very brief... Uh, I had my researchers look into this, and uh, um, the Sexual Offenses Act of 2003 doesn't outlaw sex in cars per se, as long as the partners engaged in the act uh, are above the age of consent, are right. consenting, and haven't picked, and neither has been picked up while curb crawling. crawling. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. So, so no cradle robbing, no curb crawling. Right. Uh, what is curb crawling? What is that? Prostitution. I, is, I, assume. I assume that means oh, prostitution. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what that was. Um. So, but the issue is if people see it and could find it offensive, that's when it's that's when it could be illegal. Um, because it's a public indecency. Uh, how, how, how would they have found them in the van then? That's, it was a, it was a windowless van. Also, why did she have a creepy windowless van? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you knew she was going to turn out to be a sex criminal the moment she got that. I know it's true. You have, it's a requirement. Also, she, also this article may be suspicious because it started with during their lifetime, uh, uh, during their lifetime, people have sex on average four times in cars. And I just feel like that is not a real statistic. How, how many times have you had sex in a car, Alex? Um, how big is your listener base? <laughs> it's not very big. Not very big. Not um, big enough to be worried about that. Multiple times. Really? <laughs> yes. So like twice? <laughs> that would uh, be more than once. Man, I'm gonna, I, I feel like I should not give you any more information about this. Alex sex, is very but... open in his comedy about his vanilla sexual proclivities. <laughs> so. I... Well, yeah, but I was young once, and it's like they say, uh, any car in a storm. Yeah. Mm. And, nobody, a... so, and you never, nobody ever knocked on your window? Anybody said, anybody fucking nope. in there? Nope. I, um... Where'd you park? Well, uh, on a couple of occasions, it was in uh, the garage of the house owned by one of our parents. Smart. Nice. That's smart. That. That's too Well, birds, or right? incredibly dangerous if they come downstairs. Sure, yeah. but it, as dangerous as a park after hours? Uh, Clearly not. I, I've done that in a car and not in a car. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoa, check out. <laughs> la, la. I mean, I, like, I've done a lot of things when I was a kid, but now this is what I think. I was like, uh, this is why I, under, I don't understand why she would be okay with this. Because like, for him, this is like, cool, right. a car. Right. But for her, she should be like, I get beds now. I'm an adult. Well, one thing I gathered from this is how thrilling it was for both of them and for coming from different points. But for him, it was just he was a kid and he got to right. fuck an adult, which right. is like a fantasy. But for her, again, I think she was emotionally starving and probably hadn't had any decent sex in 10 years. And uh, I think just sort of eschewed the morality for like the thrill of it. I mean, that's one thing, too, is they keep saying she's bipolar in the movie and her whole defense they try to make her take is that she has some mental unwellness which is never really verified or discussed with any depth and one of the things one of the things she repeats in the 2020 special a lot she really plays up the emotional connection that they had and how they had this strong emotional connection before it ever became a physical sexual thing and so you could see how that would would warp her when she's already an emotionally damaged person that but i think it was like thrilling for her like she knew she was doing something wrong and she was compelled to do it but i mean maybe some of that and they did ask her like do you only can you only be aroused when it's exciting or something like that but like the movie at least seemed to suggest that it was more about him talking to her soul which is like a real 
Like either that's It'll turn on when unbelievable. Talks to your soul. Yeah. Well, it's unlikely that a thirteen year old could do that. And if they did, it would almost be like demon, get out of here. More yeah. than it would be like, ooh, hot, you're a 13 and you know what's going on in my soul. If a 13-year-old can speak directly to your soul... But when he would color with crayons, he never went outside the lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, his art was all like, look at this heart, it's bleeding for you. Ugh. It's a you metaphor. Should, you should have used that as a pickup line, Ryan. Be like, hey, baby, I colored inside the lines. Well, what's to make you think I haven't? <laughs> well, and if he had colored outside the lines, maybe she wouldn't have gotten pregnant. Exactly. <laughs> it's her own fault. So it's interesting because you guys have... You've, well, you've taken a really hard line on this, Alex. I don't know, Austin, are you in the same... Th- if we're just going to judge these real people, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically what we're doing. Well, okay, we're watching a true crime movie. This feels like one time where I don't have to feel guilty about judging the people in it. Well, because when this came up, like when I was in high school and we would look at this story, I think there was always an interesting question. I guess the question, okay, and it's kind of broken by this 2020 thing because we feel like this relationship hasn't worked out. But what if the 2020 special came out and we were led to believe without a doubt that these two people really love each other and went through all this shit to be together. Like, that was the question that was always posed by this story back in the day before it became what it is now. If these two people really love each other, is it okay? And you're saying no, absolutely. Doesn't yes. matter, can't matter, can't happen. And Not real. Because of, author- of the authority difference... It's not fair. Like, kids fall in love with teachers all the time because they don't understand what love is at that age. Because they, they confuse power with, with some sort of emotional connection. She's nice to you when you're a kid because she's paid to be nice to you. That, she's like, it's like a stripper. A teacher like is paid to pretend yeah. to care about you. Yeah, and it's, it's wrong when it's therapists. Um, it's probably fine when it's strippers. But, like, it's <laughs> problematic... Uh, of course he thinks that she's in love with him back because she's nice to him because she cares about his childhood and she cares about him, his development as an but artist. But she is. Well, she is later. I, I mean, I, and she's broken. She is the problem. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think a lot right. of a lot of 13-year-olds would try to have sex with teachers if they could. Oh, he yeah. Was, he had more game and picked a person who was going through, had more mental illness. But I feel like it's clear to me that she has, a, uh, has mental illness that she has not dealt with. And that's what's happened here. And the fact that they're still together does not help that. It makes it worse in my eyes because it just means they that they went through this hugely traumatic thing together. Of course, they're still into something. But why is she allowed near kids? But is there? you're saying there's no version of this where it's okay. Nope. Like, even if the interview had gone really differently and they seem to be having a great relationship Even if they're now. in a great relationship right now, it doesn't, it, like, make the crime not a crime. It, it's a, if it was like, if it's like, if we're like, look, she served eight years in prison as a sex criminal and uh, because there's, but then they got back together afterwards, then they were free and consenting adults. Like, I think that's still weird and oogie. Yeah, um, sure, sure, sure. Even if they're super happy and the fact that they're not happy, it doesn't seem that happy. I don't know. Maybe they are. Who knows? The point is uh, that it, it's still a horrible crime and not okay. But what about like Harold and Maude is a movie that's... That is a movie. I've said it from the beginning. Harold's and Maude's should not be together. I haven't seen that movie either. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's, a great, it's a great movie. It's yeah. a beautiful movie. Um, but okay. is, it, is it pro that? Well, it's about a very young man and a very old woman who get together. But it's also not really about sex. It's more about spiritual connection, actually. Sure. But, um, I don't know. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Austin. To me, the big 
the the big problem with the the convention that they're in love with the the their defense is we're in love. We were in love then. We're in love now. It's okay because we're in love. But he he's incapable of knowing what love is. He at was 13. at thirteen, and that's yeah. and it stopped at that point. Like I loved lots of things when I was thirteen. There was girls that I said to myself, "I love her." That's oh yeah, you know, I want to marry her. And the difference between me and this kid is that I got older and was like, "That was not love," and moved on and learned what love was by learning what it wasn't. He was never hmm. given that opportunity to learn Ooh. what love Theory. is. Theory. Um, so when I was a kid, the number one way to make me continue to want something was to tell me I wasn't allowed to have it. Mm. And right. from my parents as an authority figure, that made something way more attractive. And so I can only imagine what the law telling me I couldn't, who <laughs> I couldn't date, that would be infinitely more attractive. Well, do you think if they'd gotten away with it and she hadn't gotten pregnant that it would have just, like, fizzled out? For sure. Absolutely. The first time they had to have a conversation at a restaurant. <laughs> well, they couldn't go to a restaurant well, together. They, well, exactly. But, like, 90% of being in a relationship is talking while you're eating. Yeah. In my experience, like, we've been together for 10 years and probably half our conversations have been over food. I yeah. mean, you yeah, spend a lot of time, like, hey, yeah. do you want to get some food? Yeah, let's, I, yeah, no, let's what do you feel we like eat? ramen? Yeah. yeah, what do you want to eat? Yeah. And, I, and that's great. We I love that. And we are good food partners and, and conversationalists. So and if you I, have to be like, stop blowing bubbles in your mouth. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Hold your silverware in your hands. Exactly. Your She's raised table. kids to his age. Like, there's no way they have anything in common. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. To him, it's a sexual thing. And, and as a 13-year-old, you know, he played his game and he got some of that. And there's there's plenty of relationships out there that start as a sexual thing and then you know you get pregnant and you feel like you get tied down into it but that doesn't necessarily work out for the best and that's kind of what happened with him is it yeah if they even if they had gotten caught but they hadn't been pregnant i think there's a much higher chance that they're not together right now because they didn't have to be right Hmm. and and there was there's there's that element of like we have to do the right thing here that is not based on them liking each other or about the relationship. The right thing was raising the kids, and so then they had to get married because they both had that conception. I guess one thing I'm really interested in, too, Double is, like, meaning. is, like, rules of consent. Like, because I definitely am sure for myself that if this was an older man and a 13-year-old girl, I would never ever buy it that it wasn't just totally fucked that's one of the things that i wanted to talk about that i wrote down which is that this isn't if the genders were reversed this is yeah this isn't even a story it's not even a discussion it's just a crime and we move on and i say that not and and, and he's he's straight to jail there's no probation and there's no yeah and and so i don't even want to try to say this as like uh the system's unfair and men don't get a fair shake because if he was a if it was an older guy, we would just condemn him and move on. I mean, well, but part of why that was true if it was a man is because it happens way more, right. and it's an right. abuse of power that's enacted a lot, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And I feel like the if if the, if the scenario played out exactly the same, where it's it's an older male teacher that has sex with a female, and she gets pregnant, and they he goes to jail, and then comes out of jail, and they married and they profess that he that they love each other even then there would just there'd be no question that like 
this is a wrong skeevy thing and he has taken advantage of that girl and broken her for life like that they're just it would no one like remember that uh <laughs> i can't remember the fucking actor's name that uh he was on lost and uh the green mile and he was like 50 something and married some like 16 year old girl and got her her parents permission to marry her and there was no one watched that and was like oh yeah they totally love each other and this is absolutely fine everyone was like this is wrong and not right in any way shape or form and no one doubts that like a 16 year old could find conversation with an older person stimulating and interesting and they could learn a lot from that person but if you're 50 and you're hanging out with a 16 year old and you find that interesting you're broken there's something wrong in you well part of what made this interesting to me too is one that i've thought about a lot because it seems to be coming up more is if it's two men like in portland we had mayor sam adams and Mm -hmm. right when he became mayor it was outed that he had had like a friendship with an underage boy man and he had sex with what, like a seventeen-year-old or something? Yeah, Bo. Bo, right? What was his name? Bo Bre- something. Breedlove. Bo Breedlove. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a real a terrific. Like... If you were writing a book about a scandal, you might come up with that name, right? <laughs> and then you'd be like, "No, that's too on the nose." You'd throw it away. Yeah. So, but I really, my understanding from a lot of things is that uh, rules of consent with two men are. I guess I'm interested in like the hard line of 18 as the consent yeah, age, I, and I, I think that when it's two men, like it happened with Elmo also, oh, that yeah. he had to quit Sesame Street. Oh, but I feel clash, like yeah. Yeah, there's clash. a long tradition in gay culture of slightly underage men and older men, and there's sort of a grooming process almost that sort of. Uh, okay within the culture of gay men and that's always been interesting to me for me for me it kind of comes down to i'm not this the statement of like you know i don't know i know good acting when i see it but i don't know how to critique acting in Mm. that like is is the difference between someone who's 17 years and 364 days old Right. And someone who's 18 years old, do, do they gain in that one day the necessary intellectual and emotional knowledge to, to issue consent? That's tough to say. But I do know that you don't have it when you're 13. Yeah, 100%. Sure. I, totally, so I, I want to associate myself with the remarks of the kind gentleman from wherever he's from. <laughs> I forgot well, it's already. Interesting Minnesota? Too. Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Because I think, I think generally... Like, if you're a 17-year-old boy and you fuck your 30-year-old teacher, like, you're in high school, I don't really... I think it's it's morally wrong and she should lose her job and shit, but I don't really think that boy will be damaged by the experience. I think he'll feel pretty awesome. Or I had a friend in college who, when he was a teenager, he fucked, like, a 40-year-old woman, like, for a while. And it wasn't a trauma. It was like one of the coolest things that ever happened to him, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, there's. Yeah. When you're 17, there's a greater. Like, you still could be damaged by that, but there's a greater probability that you won't be. 
And when you start talking about someone who's like an old soul or they're advanced for their age or whatever, if the starting point is 17 and they're advanced for their age, so they're like 25 and their partner is 30 or 35, that gap's a lot smaller than when you start at 13 and they're advanced up to 16 and she's still 35. I I completely agree. And I, I feel like one of the differences when it's two men is that no one's getting pregnant because the pregnancy yeah. really changes this stuff. The fact that you could there's there's a possibility of you creating um, a a thing that ties you together forever mm-hmm. uh, makes this more unescapable. I think it's a big issue. So uh, I, that's part of it. I I mean I I don't I have not thought that much about the reason why that would be true in gay culture, and I probably shouldn't it's not my maybe it's not my business entirely right but in this case it's really easy for me to see that this is not okay 13 is so far from being able to consent i'm so comfortable with that 12 yeah Yeah, 12 is so far away from that i guess that's what was always interesting to me about this is it seemed like it was not even plausible but there was a possibility that this was like the one time where there could be consent like it i don't know if it's just the way it was framed but i've always wondered like were these people really just in love and it was just that they live it was a cultural constraint put around them like if this was a special case yeah i feel like we've gone over this nope yes yeah (laughs) right now you're taking a hard line on this i guess it may be a more interesting discussion if we were if we if if anyone here had a good argument for why it was okay but well it sounds like you want to make that argument so i guess should we ask you why you're so into pushing this line (laughs) when clearly the answer is no (laughs) i just think it's interesting i'm not as hard-lined about it um again i think that it being a younger man and an older woman changes it a lot i oh i agree it changes it to the point where we can actually have a discussion. Right, because if it was a young girl, especially a 12-year-old girl, there's just no, absolutely no way you could frame it whatsoever. Um, I don't know. I just have always seen this as like an anomaly that has occurred and uh, how adamantly they were uh, defending their relationship and that they were in love was always really fascinating to me. Well, even even the point when she says that they're staying in the same that they live in the same town that they've always lived in and the fact that like their girls are in the exact same school district that she was a teacher in yeah to me that's just another example of them trying to normalize what they did or just refusing i mean i think they're refusing to be criminalized right Right. They're just never backing down that anything happened. Like, we're not going to get chased yeah. out of our town because we did nothing wrong. We're not even going to open and roll our girls in a new school because we did nothing wrong. We're not even going to move one town over. Right. Yeah, exactly. there's a lot of suburbs around Seattle you could go to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kirkland. It's got, the, it's got the Costco up there. Go there. Exactly. Well, I'm just glad they didn't move to Portland and buy a house with their $750,000 because <laughs> I'm tired of that shit. Go so much farther here. Um, I, I, I guess just to, just the one thing I'll say, last thing I'll think, say on this, I think that I have is that Ryan, you're, um, the fact that you're interested in it is obviously you're not alone. The reason why this is an episode of, this is why this is a USA network film and not an episode of Law and Order SVU is because the world is also, is agreeing with you that maybe there's a chance this is different. Right. 
Right. Right. Well, and it's like, I guess you almost want to believe that, too, because otherwise it's so fucked up right. or something, too. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. You want to believe that this could be not the terrible crime that it is, because if you don't believe that, then this is just a terrible crime. Yeah. Which is what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty. So, um, leaning towards the conclusion of this discussion, uh, Austin, what did you learn from all this? Well, I feel like maybe I should have known this already, but admittedly, I haven't watched a lot of 2020 in my life. But All man, right. at least at this point in time, I learned that Barbara Walters is a pretty shitty interviewer. <laughs> I was going to say she's still got it, but apparently you went way the other way on it. <laughs> Did you see she was making eyes at Billy the whole time? Oh. Well, then, she like, was like, eh, the, you want to go a little even older? Like her closing oh. line after like the two girls sing their little their, their 10 seconds of, of fame that I'm sure they were disappointed about. Her voiceover is like, as those two girls serenaded me with their sweet voices. And I'm like, uh, uh. So what you've learned is there's a reason why she's doing cushy celebrity interviews and not hard-hitting journalism. Exactly. exactly. Which is not to take anything away. Once upon a time, I I know she was a hard-hitting journalist, but... uh, She's a national treasure. She is a national treasure, but this... uh, I would have liked a little bit more pushback on some of their their terrible non-answers to softball questions. I want to see, too, the update when he's 40 and she's 60. Can you <laughs> yeah. imagine well, being married to a 60-year-old woman when you're 40? I mean, not not to sound crude, but maybe the way he's looking at this is stick it out for a few more years and she'll die, she'll die and I'll have been the hero through this whole thing and I can then get on with my life. Just raise these six kids on my own. I know, yeah. I also loved uh, when... When they had their wedding video, they pointed out that uh, two of her four kids from the previous marriage were at their wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Which really is a way of saying two of them did, did not, not go to this wedding. wedding. Yeah. And I really want to talk to those kids. Like, I want I to know. hear their story. Oh, we man. Track them down. I do so like I, that you were worried 90 minutes in about sounding crude, Austin. Yeah, I know, right? Right. Yeah. I, I worry 90 minutes in on the, like, 15th episode after 133 episodes on another show where we were crude as fuck. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think about like our podcast we've done, and like if I ever try to do anything meaningful with my life, that someone could like take two lines of any podcast and just transcribe them and post them, and I would just like not get to be a senator or whatever, you know? Well, no, Al, Al Franken, uh, Senator Franken. There, when yeah. he was running, there were those tapes of him when he was writing for SNL. There was a tape of him like pitching a bunch of rape jokes in the and <laughs> the in the. Uh, comedy room everyone hated it and that yeah. tape came out and he still got elected senator well so you're uh, welcome know. america either yeah. either uh comedy is not held against you by or uh because of society's built-in sexism you can say almost anything as a man and get away with it it seems really hit or miss it seems like certain people get taken down over nothing and other people just don't and yeah. i'm not really clear on i don't understand the rules either I think it's just how compelling you are. So what did you learn, Alex? I learned uh, two really important things. Uh, One is that it's technically legal to have sex in your car. (laughs) All right. Um, For the most part, just don't be obvious about it. And, you know, find a place where you can park park, legally there for a little while. Damn, that was going to be mine, was that you have to park in a legal spot. (laughs) I got to come up with something now. Oh, well, then you... The other one I did learn from um, 2020 was that you can just file paperwork to not be a sex offender anymore. Oh, yeah. After 10 years. I didn't know that. Oh, I wonder... I feel like that's got to vary based on the crime. 
Oh, I'm sure there's a process. I'm sure that there's a judge that gets to take a look at it, uh, which is which is basically back to that thing you were saying about how you know it when you see it. That's yeah. why there is some leniency in the judicial system where you can decide right. or why, and why the original judge said she didn't have to go to prison right away as long as she promised to stop having sex with this kid in cars and getting pregnant from it. Right. And right. she couldn't pull that off. She just couldn't do it, man. She just had, had she one wanted job. that sweet young D. So, okay, so here's one, a question for you, Alex. Not to be crass. Do, yeah. do you think she should remain a registered sex offender? Well, her victim is her husband. Yeah, I, I'm going to say no. I don't. I don't think that there's any benefit served to society from her doing that. I think she should not be able to get a teaching license anywhere yeah. ever again. Well, she can only teach in like community college, which, as a community college teacher, I can tell you is <laughs> the dregs. <laughs> At least I can sleep punishment. better knowing she's not getting paid well. Yeah, yeah no, it's true. <laughs> as opposed to those public school teachers that get paid oh so well. Right. So yeah. if her okay, so if her rec, if she was able to get that record expunged or like the whatever that is, taking that off her record, because the teaching license is individual. So then she moved to like Las Vegas and was like, I would like a teaching license here, and they didn't bother to Google her maiden name or her, <laughs> not, her previous married name. Then she could just conceivably be teaching sixth grade again. Uh, yeah. And shopping or whatever. So I think mm. she should not be allowed to teach. So whatever that right. – there's like a way to do that. Put her in the no teaching database. Well, do you think there's a risk that she would do this again? Or is, I, That's part of what makes it interesting is it really seems like a one-time deal. It does seem like a one-time deal, but I think it does prove that she does not have good taste in what is good for children. So should not okay. be around them anymore. She could like work at like a guitar center or someplace where she, she can't hurt anybody. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel I. Or that doesn't I, deserve I do to agree. be hurt. I don't think her being a registered sex offender helps anyone. But I also yeah. kind of feel like it's a one strike and you're out deal when you're a teacher and you fuck up this bad, pun intended. Yeah, um, you really probably shouldn't be put in a position where you can teach again. No, there's a short list of things where you can't teach again, and fucking your underage student is on that list. Yeah, yeah, and I would say 17-year-old is probably on that list, 12-year-old for sure. Exactly. So, but yeah. Alex, let me paint a picture for you. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> is it is it a, a heart with a, a crucifix stabbed through the middle of it and some barbed wire around it? <laughs> I'm he, the angel, Why and is the heart. he? Why is he a wedding DJ? He sh- clearly should be a tattoo artist, was what he was made for. <laughs> well, he didn't have the proper guidance. So let me paint a picture for you. Okay. She's working at the guitar center. <laughs> a thirteen-year-old boy perfectly strums his guitar. <laughs> She's I think, not responsible for what happens next. I, that's what I'm saying. I agree. I think there's a position of authority in a school where a teacher has, and if you're yeah. in a guitar center, nobody respects you. <laughs> okay. So then you can just fuck whatever 13-year-old you want. Well, he's not going to. He's not going to be into you at all. You work at Guitar Center. Oh, because right. he'd be like, oh, you're just a Guitar Center employee. Exactly. No one's yeah. going to be like, uh, I'll bet you 20 bucks I can have sex with this lady from Guitar Center. They'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so as for what I learned. Really? No I, one asked. Well, I'm the I'm the host. I have to ask myself. You're yeah. not invited back, Alex. Let's wrap oh, this up. Oh, that sounds awful. I know. You're really upset. Yeah, what am I going to do with my Tuesdays and Tuesday nights? Well, I wish you'd had more money when you hired me to draw the cover of that book. <laughs> but it saved us both some trouble. Well, I'm raking it in now with all those people who listened to this, enjoyed my sassiness and my moral high ground, and went to unwrapmyheart.com where they purchased Wait, a copy. Wait, time yet. I have to say what I learned. No one asked you. I want my residuals. What did you learn, Alan, or Ryan? <laughs> You're Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the host of my show, so I'm used to asking myself. 
Um, I learned that the lyrics for the song Hot for Teacher are lacking in foresight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't really take into consideration that she should say no. Well, they say, I want it bad, but what are you going to want in 10 years? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Hopefully to be child-free. Oh, yeah, and uh, it was Courtney Stodden was the 16-year-old that married the 50-year-old Doug Hutchison. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, Courtney good. Stodden. You can stop emailing. Yeah, exactly, okay. before before we get angry Twitter attacks on not knowing that one. I know people hate it when we don't know something. They're going to love that I haven't seen any movies. <laughs> Alex, I find you fascinating and compelling, and I'd like to follow you further on the internet. How might I do that? Well, you can find everything you need to know about me at alexfalcone.ninja. And, really? yep. And you can find my, my Facebook and Twitter and Instagram stuff, alexfalcone.ninja. And, of course, you can buy my young adult romance, Unwrap My Heart, about a, a young girl who falls in love with a mummy. It's kind of like a Twilight parody, but it's a, even better than that, uh, mm. I think. If I say so. I really, I'm really proud of it. I, when I first released it, I was like, maybe no one will like this because I've never written a book before. And then I've talked to a lot of people, and I've people seem to like it. So unwrap my everyone heart. Everyone I talked to about it said they just looked at the cover and then they threw it in the garbage. <laughs> By the way, where's my comp? I, I, I need a copy. Oh, you haven't gotten a copy yet? No, I was out of town when the book came out. Oh, weird. Why did you do that? It feels like it's I, on you. I went on vacation. Because now I feel even, and I don't feel like I have to get. You can purchase it at Powell's. Or at unwrap my heart. Like every shitty publicist I've ever dealt with, it makes me buy my own artwork. (laughs) It is available at Powell's. It's also available at uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Ever Amazon. Anywhere else you buy books. All right. Anything else you want to plug? You have a podcast, right? Oh yeah, that's smart. I got so into this book plug that I didn't do a good job. Uh, Usually, you should plug podcasts on podcasts, especially during Tripod Month. What is that? A bunch of big podcasts have gotten together for the month of March to try to convince people who don't listen to podcasts that they should. So if you know oh. someone who does not listen to podcasts, take their phone, grab it, subscribe them to some stuff, subscribe them to this show, whatever it's called, and then also <laughs> Jesus, uh, my podcast, <laughs> Read It and Weep, which is uh, uh, about books and movies and TV shows. Um, it used to be about only bad versions of those things, but then after the election I decided I deserve to be happy. And so now we do stuff I actually just care about. Yeah, I feel like we're going down that road at some point here soon, too. I I mean, this is so interesting because I've made people watch a lot of garbage over the years. And I've made people read garbage because we do some books, too. And then it's like, how about two weeks of your life that I knocked out? Yeah, yeah. So now I'm on the receiving end of this, and I'm like, why do people ever answer my emails? Because, Jesus. <laughs> well, people love to be asked to be on podcast. Like, we've we've wrangled some poor souls who were like, oh, well, I'm so flattered. But yeah. not com- a shitty podcast with comics, 20 listeners. Comics are a little less excited about that because I've been on, I've been on a lot of podcasts that no one listens to. And... Uh, it's it's really uncomfortable to be like flattered and then you go to some stranger's house and they're like they just put their phone on voice memo and they're like so this is our first episode and yeah. we think uh, <laughs> yeah well no this really was delightful me feel great about having this you on really the show fun. no I said yes to you because I I think I've been sassy to you but that's because I think you're funny and I have oh, enjoyed hanging out with you oh that's beautiful and you were a terrific guest on my talk show my old talk show and. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, it was pretty good. And you've been fun when we hung out. So, yeah. You, oh, you did go it. about 10 minutes too long on that show, so I'm not surprised that this is like two hours already. But um, Did I go? There was a light? You went I don't know. pretty long. 
You were on stage. It was your job to tell. Anyway, I'm sure people love listening to this. Austin, where can I find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter where I don't have a ninja in my website. Yeah, what, well, hold on. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> so you, there's just a lot of dumb URLs you can buy now. Yeah, that's certainly I didn't true. even know about that. So if you do like alexfalcone.com, does it forward you to .ninja? Well, alexfalcone.com is uh, owned by a bad person. But alexfalconecomedy.com okay. is where... So alexfalcone.ninja right now just redirects to alexfalconecomedy.com. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, but and I've and, and there's a bunch of dumb ones, you know. I I, I like own what? well, uh, I own butt.tech. <laughs> uh, like you could just do a lot of dumb things. Um, I haven't done anything with butt.tech right now, but um, uh, I own uh, meatberg.space. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, you could be dot limo dot diamonds dot realtors. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Well, sorry, Austin. That was your plug. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of time. No, uh, what do you got, you Austin? You can follow me on Twitter not knowing what good acting is at Austin Gorton. And you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. All right. As for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner. You can see my artwork at ohyesverynice.com. That's O-H-Y-E-S, verynice.com. It's also my Twitter and Instagram handle. Uh, I just had a piece in the New York Times. That was pretty boss. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. I like that the weird – I always wonder, like, people who follow me on Twitter – where where they're coming from no matter what based on the different facets of the work i do they're like what the fuck is this about half the stuff on there (laughs) it's like why is this guy doing really dumb podcasts and also like important progressive comics about what was your new york times piece topic i did a piece on miscarriage with dr jessica zucker that was in the new york times last week as of this recording so like a month ago as of uh when it's but if you jesus if you follow me on social media, uh, then you you know you keep keep abreast of those things. Uh, and that's oh. about it. As for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. Alex, that's what this show is. <laughs> we'll ask you to plug it when it goes up. So no I'll one remind asks. you then. Uh, you can find us at a very special episode podcast dot com at facebook dot com slash avse pod our twitter is at avse pod you can email us at avse podcast at gmail.com where you can send us love letters and naked pictures of yourself or other people uh you can download us for free on itunes podbean google play and stitcher we're available on all those things please leave us a five-star review on all those platforms if you feel less than five stars in your heart for us and just keep it to yourself I don't know why you'd want to share your less than stellar opinion of us. Are you worried about the upcoming sitcom um, that's just very special episodes? I don't know what that is. Great. <laughs> it, what's it called? Doesn't matter. Is it called a very special episode? I thought uh, I, I thought I heard about a sitcom that was called a very special episode, but I, I think could it's be wrong. Something like that. I don't know. I didn't. I don't really keep up with TV very well. Oh, maybe that, is that what Superior Donuts is? Uh, no. I'm trying to remember, because this is ringing a bell for me, too, but... There's a couple of podcasts already that are called a very special episode, but none of them seem to be as uh, active, so... Yeah. Yeah. Way to be the most active podcast with this name. (laughs) I know. We set very low bars for ourselves to clear. It makes it easier to clear them and feel like we've accomplished something. 
Yeah, your primary goal is to bum people out at NewYorkTimes.com. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's right. It's professional well, goal. You could say it's to bum people out, or you could say it's to uh, show empathy towards people that have experienced a great hardship. Which those are one and the same for you, I guess. <laughs> I'm just going to click on this thing about how the North Korea is going to blow us up because it seems like a more fun read. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my understanding is that after this episode, our next will be a live episode that Carol and I will be doing in Portland, Oregon on April 2nd, just in time to be too late to go see it, if you're listening to this. <laughs> but we'll be watching a Nazi Donald Duck cartoon and discussing it live along with our frequent guest, Terry Blaz, who's uh, our favorite guest ever. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Um, I don't know why I can't sign off. <laughs> That's it. The end. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have a pithy sign off for this one? I don't know. I'm so tired. I've been good moving night all and day. Good luck. I'm, yeah. I'm Ryan Alexander Tanner, and I'm hot for teacher. Yeah, I want it back. I'll just play that song at the end. Yeah, that was this ABC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or C Money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we got to go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode So what happens is she goes to jail for a short period. Ooh. <laughs> and we've lost Ryan. <laughs> the dog is walking around on my precious art prints. Oh, it's like that video of the guy on BBC, except okay. it's a podcast, so this happens constantly. Uh, and, and also, I'm just going to edit this part out. Oh. All right, so I'm starting. my joke.